0: Back along the rails, Van Winkle in a nice
1: spot to challenge in the straight. Heroism just dropped off fractionally as they turned for home and Mashani Astana. Now she goes for Balenti and opens him up at about the same point as sizzling. Let's see if he does the same. Responds to the whip and goes about two lengths clear Balenti. Van Winkle trying to chase. I want to be a Jeep and Boingo, but here's the next of the sizzling breed. We've seen two good ones today and Balenti, he's back. Back with a vengeance, one by four. Over Van he was I back. I'm not sure go he even went anywhere. That was Balenty winning the, the Open there at Bar on Saturday. Time for this week's podcast, episode eight of the Greater Western Queensland Racing News. And uh, it was a big day across country Queensland, we've got plenty of ground to cover and joining me as always to do this is Max Tanks,
2: good evening. Yeah, good evening, I, I thought the same thing, I'm not sure Belonte really went anywhere, did he? <laughs> I mean his worst result was the second there, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'd all uh, we'd all uh, enjoy that, um, having horse the uh, worst results a second, but uh, as we go to introduce everyone this week, I thought we'd uh, think of it a bit along the lines of a holiday destination now uh, we'll cross over to uh, brooke richardson in barky first uh, brooke if you were a holiday destination where would you be
0: i'd have to say bora bora
2: oh <laughs>
0: i feel like possibly suits my personality relax easygoing. i think i am anyway <laughs> um but what you may know, if you poke the bear enough, just like that
3: <laughs> dormant volcano
1: on Bora Bora, I could explode. <laughs> <laughs> well, my uh, holiday destination, Maxie, before we swing to you, I, the first thing that jumped in my mind was Hewenden.
2: Is that... Oh, <laughs> is there, there must be something in the family, because when we were in the car with Abigail the other day, she was just infused on getting to Hewenden for, for any I, reason. I was
1: getting married to Hewenden, wasn't I? <laughs> I oh, said, so, "Gee, you got two strikes there,
2: <laughs> Maxie." What about you? I've got, I've, I've gone overseas as well, and now I've gone the Louvre, Mona Lisa. Oh, now I'd like to think that uh, I, there's a bit of promise. I like to talk myself up as a big game with my punting, but it often takes a quite a while for me to get into tips. What much like the Mona Lisa, you have to wait quite a while before you actually get up to the painting. And then once you get to the painting, it's sort of a bit of a letdown.
1: Well, exactly. And I've been to the Mona Lisa, and uh, I was going to describe it as a long walk for disappointment.
2: Which is much the same as my tips <laughs> of recent times. It wasn't disappointing <laughs>
1: at uh, Barkey on Saturday with Alicia Ross riding four, Todd Austin training three in what was a great day's racing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Barkey there, five races, run and one. And uh, we heard that call of Belonte and a referred to that other sizzling Gelding as well, sizzulating, uh, both uh, you know, huge performances there and uh, capping off a great day for Alicia Ross.
1: Now, Brooke, um, Todd is absolutely flying. He's uh, placing his horses to perfection. He's uh, winning strike rates enormous. Uh, did you see this coming for the start of the year for the Austin Stable? Yeah, look, I think
0: uh, no one was 100% sure. Todd was giving us the impression that he was actually cutting back on numbers, but I don't know if he's succeeded. The stables are looking uh, quite uh, full, (laughs) Um, and the winners are just rolling in. Um, He's had a fair few newcomers to the stable. We don't um, have some of the ones that he had last year, and look, it's paying off. The owners are buying the right horses, and Todd's got them performing at the best of their ability, and he's got a little bit of a knack for um, getting those ones from away to win their either first or second start. So, yeah, happy days for the Austin team. And, yeah,
2: they're going well. I know Todd was pretty tight-lipped, but he looked like he was. Uh, you and Alicia were galloping a few uh, handy ones after the races as well.
0: I don't even know what I was writing, Max. <laughs> oh, no,
2: no. And that's what to- uh, Todd said as well. He had no idea what the names were, no idea how old they were. Um, and, and I believe every word you all say as well. But <laughs> Yeah, just like nitwit. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, just look at those winners. Zeben a won the first for Todd and Alicia. Race 2 just opposed Todd and Alicia Ross. Uh, race four was sizzling Todd Austin, Alicia Ross Race five, Valendi, Cowboy Herman, Alicia Ross But in race three, Brooke, it did it He broke the maiden status That was Disco Lights He careered away for an impressive victory for your dad, Brendan Three and a half lengths over Asprey Park Of Bond's Heroin. Uh, Max has been saying he wanted to see it out to the 1200 But he got his wish and it won impressively
0: Yeah, he sure did And look, I agree I, I do think he needed further but I'm glad that we weren't pressured or felt the need to put him over the 1,200 any earlier. I think that it just worked out really well. The timing and the distance um, was just to suit, and it really paid off. And I wouldn't mind betting that the horse could possibly even get out to the 13 to 1,400 metres. And um, he's really been a work in progress, and it, it's I'm really, really happy for Dad, and I'm happy for the owners because when we did... Uh, get the horse he was honestly the most docile laziest bugger you'd ever meet and I think he possibly could have been taking the old work riders for a ride and just bludging um I got kicked off him apparently I let him be lazy <laughs> dad actually has been riding all of his work so all the credit to dad and um I just got to jump on race day and and get a taste of the glory so I'm pretty lucky
2: uh, now, one to in. watch from uh, Buck Calden there. I, I'm probably going to steal a bit of your thunder here, Brooke, and say Jerry Zander because he absolutely flew home.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, his run was really nice, and I think when you're finishing that strongly, I know his still won by um, quite a way, which we see him do often, but the way Jerry Zander was hitting the line, and I think to a horse like his um, you can't fault that form. Uh, I'll be really looking forward to seeing what the horse can do, possibly stepping up over more distance.
1: The Whiteclaw Open handicap was the feature event over 1,000 metres at Roma on Saturday. Il Bandido was your $1.90 favourite. Here's Peter Flynn. Inside, high cost in front of VJ Day. Two to Il Bandito and a link back to Chamberlain. Going a little wide on the corner, High Cost. Il Bandito gets through on the inside and VJ Day still running on down the outside. Il Bandito through on the inside of High Cost and VJ Day. Il Bandito, High Cost. They come down to the wire. Il Bandito. Gets the money in the last, I think, El Bandito Mike was the second of for winning Dian. double there for Wayne Baker back in the winner's circle. El Bandito uh, after a string of outs. as a horse that can Gallop, Maxi, and uh, great to see him back in the winner's circle. And sometimes you see that they kick that first win into gear and go on a bit of a streak.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Obviously loves that Roma track as well. Um, takes his record now to eight starts there for two wins and three placings. Um And, you know, we always see Wayne firing at his home track there, uh with uh, Currumbin winning the first as well for Jake Malloy.
1: Yeah, other winners on the day. Harriman for Colin Storch and Gemma Steele. Nick the skip uh, for Shane Iverson, uh, winning double over the weekend. He won the maiden at Orgithella as well with Metrical. Anna Bacos, that was the first of her weekend double as well. And take a shine for Craig Smith and Dan McGilvray. Another trainer, Brooke uh, Craig Smith. You can always pencil him in for a win there on his home track. Oh, 100%. He's
0: definitely one of the most, dedicated uh trainers i think he's always there he doesn't miss a beat his horses look great i just think he does a fantastic job he's a very hands-on trainer and it obviously pays off
1: any anything to watch there from roma max
2: i think uh we'll go with uh the form races coming out of those open handicap i mean we've got high costs there obviously uh running second again but that form that he's sort of been carrying around there beating his home last start uh Third, do I want to be a Jeep and Van Winkle to start before? I just think those open races at Roma at the moment they are definitely horses to follow out of. I think
0: it'll be interesting to see what Nick the Skip does out in the bush.
2: Yes, yeah, definitely. Obviously, from yeah, the I had stable. been
0: engaged. I had spoke with Shane Iverson and was uh, supposed to ride it somewhere. I can't remember off the top of my head now, but um, yeah, it didn't end up happening. Yeah, when I'd gone through its form, I was wondering um, how it would perform out here in the bush. So
1: credit. Over the weekend, had to go to Augathella Race Club. They had three massive hurdles to jump. The first was the rain and the wet that they'd had. <laughs> uh, the second was the uh, midweek uh, scare with COVID, and then uh, all eyes were on the track. I think they pulled it all off. And uh, here is the closing stages of yesterday's Meat Ant Cup and Ancient Echoes leads now Zillator goes back to the fence dane has gone Rotherby and uh, Just Fabulous are coming down the outside but over on the far side it's Zillator and Ancient Echoes they're settling down to fight it out with Ancient Echoes with a kick inside the 100 Zillator's going to make it interesting late Ancient Echoes wins though Ancient Echoes are half length on the line to Zillator and flashing late there was Rotherby into third then we had Shadow Vision who made up a lot of late ground there with Just Fabulous Ancient Arthur Echoes Day there for, for Billy Chirinay Johnson better and and a second leg of a winning double to angela jones maxi it was your best bet of the day coming off some really strong form lines away ancient echoes set up a a hectic speed Dane took it on uh jones gave the leader a really good mid-race breather and had a good kick in the run to
2: the line no doubt the run of the race for mine was zillator who just found the line oh absolutely and speaking to angela jones after the race she said that uh after riding this horse a few starts uh, before, that she knew that if she could get that lead, that horse likes to lead, and uh, knowing that it'd be nice and fit coming from the Billy Johnson stable, that'd be very hard to run down, and I she rated it really well out in front there, and uh, I've, you know it was, a, it was a great end to a great day of racing.
1: Brooke, um, the track looked to play really fair. Uh, we saw winners come up the inside, uh, down the outside, we saw them lead, and uh, yeah, we saw them come from five or six off them.
0: Yeah, I was really, really impressed to see... Uh, a lot of the, the horses were coming from behind, which I find you don't see all that often. And I was super impressed with Zillator also, you know, getting back. It was seventh, I think, about 700, and then third from the 500 and found the rail and just kicked. Um, not to take anything away from the winner. I thought that was fantastic too, but it was just interesting to see them on such a, a tiny, hard track um, coming from behind like they were. But it was a good day all in all.
1: Mine, not so great. I just ate a lot of dust. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, great crowd, Trackside, and credit to Pete Creedon and his new committee there. I think they got some uh, bright days ahead. The winners on the day, Usurp for Craig Smith and Dan McGillivray, beat Angels of Fenway. Raymond Fraser... Uh, the pride of Orgithella got the Quinella in race two. Old Town Road for Anna Bakos. We'll speak to Anna in the second part of the show. Beat Unsure and Rock Paper Sizzle, who backed up well. Metrical for Shane Iverson and Angela Jones. Uh, won the maiden. Sky Touch uh, was gallon undefeated. It'll win next start, wherever it goes. And Gray Rule in third. Sparman bungled the start for David Rewalt. No worries. Uh, timely run. Beat all too sweet by length and a
2: half on the line, and the beat was third. Maxie, um, yeah, good racing yeah it was uh, i think you've hit the nail on the head uh you know we, we know that those tight turning tracks can often be really leader bias, but it was great to see just how fair it was playing and uh having those leaders that were obviously um well i suppose the back mark is not disadvantaged by the track and we're able to make up plenty of ground racing was called off at bullier on saturday and uh
1: moving quickly were the stewards and the race clubs to get that meeting up and on way yesterday at Mount Isa, and uh, last year the pride of the northwest. Uh, there was two of them really, Deadly Choices and Tango Rain, and uh, Tango stepped out for the first time in
2: 2021.
1: James Coghlan there with the call of Tango Rain. He won by six lengths. It was one of the stories on the day, Brooke, but uh, another one was Rick McMahon uh, riding four of the five winners.
0: Yeah, look, um, you, if you're going to be backing horses, you probably want to be on Rick McMahon. I don't know. They're probably starting favourites, but he's winning them all. and. I think he's just a high-class rider and it's a great opportunity to have someone like him out here and you'll notice he doesn't really have to use the whip much on a lot of them. He's, he sits very neat, he's very balanced, he gets them in rhythm and he's just great to watch
1: to be honest. Maxie, uh, what were your big takes from that Northwest meeting? Uh, George Tipping bookending the program with a new maiden called Dance Carven. Oh, I think that's how you say it anyway. <laughs> and Warren
2: Bungle winning by
1: 15.25,
2: if you don't mind. Yeah, I know we always talk about the the eyes and margins, but, um, you know, 15.25 is certainly getting up there, isn't it? Rick McMahon, he, he's certainly back in a big way. He was always supposed to be a question mark of... Um, whether he can just uh, pick it up again, but he's he's proven it's just like riding a bike. Uh, You certainly don't forget, um, you know, four winners uh, from his five rides with a third being the only blemish. Um, You know, it's just incredible, isn't it, that you've got two riders up there of the calibre of uh, Rick McMahon and Dan Ballard. Race two was won by
1: Dixie Rouge for Bob Burrow and Rick. Uh, race three, as we touched on, was won by Tango Rain over Wicked Wiki. McKellar's voice for Stephen Royce and uh, Hoops. Jason Hoop had got the cash there over Arking Hard and Sizzling Touch. And as we said, Warren Bungle
2: winning the last by a metric mile. Max, today's topic. Yeah, obviously, uh, the talking point from the weekend was uh, the Boolia race meeting being transferred to Mount Isa, which I suppose leads us into the once a year meetings and, and what. The tracks, you know, I suppose the conversation around tracks and the ability to get them, you know, up to scratch for race day. And there was two examples over the weekend. So we've had, obviously, Booyah that wasn't up to scratch and then consequently transferred to Mount Isa. And Orgafalla, where the committee got stuck into it, you know, put in a heap of work during the week. And as a result, had a terrific race day on Monday. Uh, so there's a couple of schools of forts here. I think a, a bit of the onus for me falls on... Uh, racing Queensland and the stewards, one to not leave it until the day of to, you know, check a track to make sure that it's raceable and have all the racing participants travel, um, you know, in Boy Foster's trace case, seven hours to a race meeting only for it to be called off. Uh, but the other side of it as well, there's got to be, I suppose, more communication at these clubs throughout the year to make sure that these these tracks are up to standard. Um, I'm not sure on your thoughts on that, Brook. I mean, you. You're the one that, if if you're going to fall, are falling on these tracks, I guess. So, What's your school of thought?
0: Uh, I definitely think that... I know that a lot of the clubs out here that race once a year are volunteer-based and that everyone leading up to the races gets involved and gives it 110%. But it probably wouldn't go astray that uh, possibly, even if there's local jockeys in that area or uh, a steward such as Kerry McCracken or someone of some knowledge that could go out and just run the eye over to give them the heads up if there's anything that could possibly need more work that may take longer than a couple days to prepare Uh, because the upkeep, you know, can sort of probably prevent some of these happening. But as I said, it is volunteer based. So it's not like someone is being paid to carry out these jobs. It obviously takes time and it takes people willing to chip in and lend a hand.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt that um, the stewards should be checking these once-a-year tracks. Bullier, in that case, haven't raced since 2018, uh, 2019 at Augustella. Um And all the once-a-year tracks are going to be the same. They won't have um, taken play for two seasons. So I, I think it's money well spent by, by Keurig and Racing Queensland to make sure these places get audited regularly um we saw with Junda for instance uh, Dan Pittman and they did a hell of a lot of work a couple of years ago to bring it up to scratch and as Brooke said it's all voluntary so they do need a bit of a guiding light and we're seeing a lot of committees now that aren't racing people as well which you know um, we we were talking to Pete from Orgothella and and he was scratching his head a little bit because he had 15 people giving him 15 different opinions and not having a basis of knowledge yourself it's just confusing. And I
0: think it comes back to where we had this discussion uh, a few podcasts ago, to do with the Battle of the Bush and country cups and money being invested into country racing. And like you said, it's a, it is a little bit of an outlay to send somebody out to check, but in the long run, um, and in the scheme of things, it keeps racing out here going. And it's just as important for our race meetings to you know um, to go ahead to contribute to the overall you know racing in Queensland. Um, so it would be nice to see a little bit of money spent out here in the bush for the safety of the horses and the jockeys, you know?
2: I think you hit on the head there, I was going to say. it's a, It almost becomes a welfare issue, doesn't it? Because obviously we've got the safety of both animals and and the uh, jockeys at, at hand.
0: Yeah, that's correct.
1: Right, Righto, Maxie, the top five for this week.
2: Yes, top five for this week. Uh, we've gone our uh, iconically named Cup slash Feature Races, and they can be a little bit of... Uh, I suppose, um, out there. So I'll, I'll kick us off with this one. And uh, uh, this topic was brought up after the Ant Cup. I think the Ant Cup obviously is a, a terrific race name. So uh, Number four for me is the Bong Bong Cup uh, out of um, um, Barrow. <laughs> out of Bong <bong-bong>. Bong. <laughs> <laughs> I heard of, about
0: this. It's a rowdy cup too, isn't it?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Only members are allowed to attend. It's a yeah. members-only event. They're allowed one guest. And uh, it's also not guaranteed that you'll be able to take a guest. Uh, number three, the Wellington Boot the second most prestigious two-year-old race in Australia. Number two, it's from overseas. It's run every single year. The David Chillery Happy Days Celebrating His Divorce. Uh, I know Andrew knows <laughs> about this one, the fellow yeah. that sponsors a race meeting each year celebrating the anniversary of his divorce. I think it's been <laughs> something like...
1: Unfortunately, they don't race in December here. <laughs>
2: And uh, number one for me is the Hair of the Dog Cup. It's uh, run the day after the uh, Snake Gully Gundagai Cup. Um, I think that's a terrific name.
1: I've gone pretty mainstream this time. My first one's Magic Millions. I think what what screams classy, big <laughs> money, uh, and it's a great concept. It's growing. It's yeah. growing. It's it's covering three states and, and days. Bat Out of Hell. I think Cam Brown ran second a Bat Out of Hell at the Gold Coast. 900 metres. Then you got the blink and you'll miss it. Yep. I tried to Google where that is. I couldn't <laughs> I find, find it. it, but it's a great <laughs> name. Um, in number two, I've got the Oscar and the Everest. Yeah. I think they're great concepts and names as well. you got the provincial and you've got the big dollars. And look, this one's a bit sort of off topic, but I think one of the most important things on country racetracks are memorial races um, in reflection of, you know, a lot of people we talk about on uh, on, on race days um, that have had a significant part in, in bush racing and uh, are remembered every year. Brooke?
0: Yeah, you guys took a heap of them, so that's why I had some backups, to be honest. <laughs> I was like, I knew that Max and you would have some funny ones in there, so when I was racking my brain on this one, um, obviously Tree of Knowledge Cup, Yes, I'd have to say, well represents Bark Alden. Bark Alden is known for the tree of knowledge. We all know that. Poor thing was poisoned in 2006. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we have the remaining trunk. I mean, a bit interesting. Looks cool at night. <laughs> uh, I actually come across this one called Hanging Rock Races. So it's uh, have 80K- you seen K it?
2: it looks amazing. Oh.
0: Yes. How cool. I mean, if you hadn't rode there before, you'd want to go for a jog around the track first so you, you know, don't get caught up in the scenery and forget what you're doing on the horse.
1: That might be but, the, um, the podcaster's Christmas trip, trip to Hanging Rock. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it sounds awesome. You know, it's 6 million years old. Wow. I mean, it doesn't sound great, 6 million-year-old rock, but it actually <laughs> looks awesome. And they get about 7,000 people... Um, each running of the meeting, yeah, in attendance, 7,000 people. So sounds pretty epic, and I've only got two.
1: <laughs> Have you ever watched the movie Picnic at Hanging Rock?
2: No. Google it. It's about um, murders or something, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> That's all I think of with Hanging Rock races. But uh, Brooke Richardson...
2: Uh,
1: yes. <laughs> Where are you heading this uh, this weekend?
0: I am long rich,
1: obviously. Very good, very good. Well, yeah. we'll uh, see your tracks on. Hopefully we can kick a few winners home.
0: Yeah, look, I'm actually, uh, I'll say I'm slightly confident. I think I've got some nice rides up my sleeve, so I'm definitely looking forward to it.
1: No worries. Brooke Richardson, thanks for your time tonight, and we'll uh, catch you next week, and uh, Anna Bakos will be up next. Who doesn't love a little bit of Billy Ray Cyrus on a, a Tuesday night, Max? Yeah, that's certainly right, which uh,
2: leads us into our uh, guest this evening. Uh, wrote the song's namesake to a, uh, a really good win on the weekend at Augafella. It's capped off a double for the weekend of wins at Roma and Augafella. Anna Bacos, how are you going? Oh, I'm great, thanks. How are you?
1: Yeah, we're going good tonight, Anna, and we'll go straight to the the win at Augathella there on Old Town Road. He'd made it back-to-back wins after winning his maiden impressively at Longreach. He probably settled back in the field a little further than he'd probably wanted, but uh, railed like a greyhound and uh, came over the top, or underneath even, the stablemate, unsure for a really solid win.
3: Yeah, um, I... I rode Town Road its first start for Ray Fraser over the 800 metres at Charleville a few weeks back and she got back a little bit there but railed home really, really nicely. And I've actually... I actually broke Unsure's maiden as well back a few months at Gundawindi so I knew what it could do but, um, no, I was pretty confident with the horse and how it was going to go.
1: And um, you were unlucky... A little later on the day, not to get a double with All Too Sweet. Uh, went round favourite for Raymond Fraser. Travelled really nice. I thought you had the outside two pairing of Mark Johnson's covered. Uh, it was just Spa Man who uh, came underneath you late.
3: Yeah, um, I think the concern between myself when Ray with All Too Sweet run was always going to be that 1,300. He's won, won for us um over the shorter trip and one for myself over the 1200 but i sort of said to him i said oh look i'll get him out like we usually do and then just try and sit a bit pretty and um save him for the end
2: well-travelled over the weekend and uh, obviously started at Roma on Saturday. Uh, had a couple of rides there, including a win on Nick to Skip for Shane Iverson. Uh, that was two wins for Shane over the weekend. Uh, a good ride on this one. Had to make a move uh, early in the race when uh, back in the field slightly and then uh, obviously came around and, and got the win from first up for the stable.
3: Myself and Shane, were we were confident in the horse's abilities. My only query was being first start on the sand, but... I knew from the jump the way the horse begun, I was pretty happy with its ability, and he just sort of said, oh, you know, stay where you are and get rolling early, and um, the horse should finish off nicely, which it did.
1: You're certainly getting um, a lot of reward for effort, and uh, go back to, I think it was your first race date, you were set down to ride at Quilpie, and that meeting got moved to Charleville. And and since then, you've you've travelled all around Queensland chasing rides, and um, you're riding at about 25% now, so uh, you're certainly reaping the benefits of your hard work.
3: Yeah, um, my first day out, I was very, very lucky to ride Yeezy to win the Corpy Cup for Billy Johnson, and Yeezy has since been retired and is now my pony back at home, which um, <laughs> I couldn't let that one go. <laughs> but yeah, I've had, I've had quite a bit of success with Billy since beginning race riding and a number of other trainers like Mr. Raymond Fraser as well.
2: I noticed uh, of late you've developed a, a good partnership there with Norma King, kicking up a few wins for her in uh, recent months.
3: Yeah, Norma's um, been another one of my huge supporters. Uh, both her and her son, Andrew King, they've both been big supporters of myself. Um, I rode Andrew's first winner as a trainer, which was uh, Magic Mystery at Gundawindi. And yeah, Norma's given me a number of winners, most recently being um, we had a really good day out at Springshaw, rode a double, a third and a fifth, I do believe, was for her. But um, yeah, we've had quite a bit of success together.
1: Now, this weekend, uh, you head to Gundawindi. Um, do you have a pick of your rides there this weekend?
3: Yeah, I'm um, on three for Norma, actually. Yep. Silent Fire, uh, Yolangi, and uh, The Last Dragon, all of which I've won on pretty convincingly before.
1: And um, where are you headed the week after?
3: The week after, I'll be heading to Chinchilla, which I'm pretty happy about what I've got lined up there.
2: <laughs> Obviously, a, a couple of weekends a little bit closer to home, like you said, a, a Saturday night at home for once.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually get to come home this uh, this coming Saturday night, which
1: will be a nice change for me. Well, uh, congratulations on your double there um, over the weekend, at uh, one at Roma and one at Orgafilla. And uh, a big congratulations on on how you're travelling at the moment. Uh, You're riding really well, and uh, hopefully it continues over the coming weeks.
3: Thank you very much.
1: Thanks, Anna. Thanks, Anna. Good stuff. Cheers, mate. Yes, Max, that was uh, Anna Bakos there. And... um, you know, we see so many of these uh, jockeys putting in the hard yards and there's nothing better from, from where we sit to see the hard work rewarded by riding winners.
2: Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, as you said, riding at, you know, close to 25% at the moment, it's, um, you know, it's a great reward for putting in all those those kilometres, you know, as she sort of alluded to there, she hasn't spent too many Saturday nights at home in um in recent times and it's great to see those uh, rewards and paying off.
1: Another huge weekend of country weight racing coming up this Saturday. We've got uh, Atherton, uh, Gundawindi, Gimpy, Home Hill. Max, you'll be at action in uh, Longreach. Maxie, uh, Max will, uh, I'll be on my way down to Nurema down on the New South Wales border. But before we wrap things up, uh, Max, some interest at Rockhampton this weekend. Uh, on Friday, sorry.
2: Yeah, obviously, as part of the uh, Capricorn uh, Yearling Sales, that little uh, race carnival there, there's always the, uh, well, I suppose it's a relatively new initiative, is the Country Cup race on the Friday. Um, And uh, the Country Cup Benchmark 65 has attracted what I think is a pretty decent field. You've got the likes of Sizzlating in there, as well as uh, Van Winkle, um, obviously, from the Central West. Uh, So I think this is going to be a great race. Um, And... uh, You can see Mark Oates has taken over a small team there from Longreach also.
1: Yeah, very uh, good days racing there at Rockhampton and no doubt uh, all our country followers and participants will be tuning in uh, to Rocky this Friday. Max, thanks. Always a pleasure. Enjoy your weekend uh, at Longreach.
2: I will do. You have fun of that road trip down the Miramar.
1: (laughs) We'll do it all again next Tuesday night. Everyone uh, who's racing over the weekend, all the best of luck and we'll catch you again Tuesday night. This has been the Greater Western Queensland Racing News Podcast, Episode 8.